following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. You know what? Forget all that shit. Cut all that. I, I can't remember the lyrics. Done. <sighs> Damn, that's scary. Hey, so yeah, um, I noticed you're a little bit yeah. under the weather once again, and I just wanted to, you know, check in, see what's up. Like, how you doing, man? No, it's just, but I'm doing just fine. What's, what's the problem, huh? Yeah, you see, that's exactly what I'm talking about right there. What's up? What's up? What's up is this? Is that my dick's okay? It's working. I'm off the antibiotics. So instead of smoking the pot for the show, because I don't want to be sober for recording damn this, scary. I drank a lot of tequila. My tolerance is a little low, but you know what? I'm okay. I'm not driving. Okay, so your entire equilibrium was fucked by a week of antibiotics is what you're saying. Yeah, but I don't have the pus coming out of my penis anymore. What? Fuck! <laughs> That's really what's important, right? That's right. All right. Congratulations. You know what? I think I've got just the thing for you. We're going to get you right back in shape. We're going to bring you right back around. Here, now, take, a, take a little sniff of this. Is that a gram? Take a sniff of... Oh, oh. hi. <sighs> That's bone. Oh, God, you know what we need to do, Greg, is we need to open up a restaurant, okay? We need to open up a horror-themed restaurant, me and you. Dude, 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 just, front the money. You know, front the money. We'll I know you got money shop. from we'll call it the Black Dahlia Burger. We'll no, 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 it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Burger. Dude, it's good. We'll have Freddy's French we'll fries, have fingers. Camp Crystal Lake, uh, uh, Wait, clam dude, chowder. Dude, 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 nobody, nobody does this shit, okay? We can have a horror-themed restaurant. Let's open up a restaurant. That's really not a bad idea, honestly. I was thinking something more along the lines of, like, a surf shop. You like to surf? Yeah. Do an open a surf top. We'll do a surf top. We can call it Point Break. Oh, I love Point Break. <sighs> what was that? What, what did you just do? <laughs> Freaking me out, man. Did you, did you, did you, did you, did you hear I just wait the heat up Gary Busey. Gary Busey still around. Gary Busey still. Maybe Jake Busey. Jake Busey too. Come around to open the shop. I've never been so scared of you in my life. Hold on, hold on. What was that? Everybody thinks that Rush is progressive, but Dream Theater is where it's at, Greg. Controversial opinion. I'm not sure I agree. Oh, but more importantly, Uh ladies and gentlemen, we are. Quickly and cohesively loading up a tranquilizer dart to bring my co-host down a peg. Here we go. All right. Hey, uh, turn your head slightly to the side for a moment. Which way? That's good. Okay. All right. Here we go. Good night. Sleep well. Oh, oh my head! How you oh. feeling, bud? Oh man, I'm okay. I uh, oh hey, God! My God, you're greasy. Oh, woof! 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Micah. I am coming out of Reno, Nevada. I am joined alongside uh, my beautiful, 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 beautiful. co-host, Greg. I appreciate Greg, that. say hello. I'm stepping tall, y'all. Just like Humpty Dumpty. You're going to fall when the stereo is pumping. Did you know that not once in that poem? Poem. Do they describe Humpty Dumpty as a fucking egg? No, they describe him as a dumpy jackass who falls off a wall, which I think is accurate. We've all been there. Mm, yeah. Well, such is the lyrical genius of Shock G. Uh, rest in peace, Shock G. You and the rest of the digital underground, I think he's the only one dead. Hey, Greg, how was your week, dude? Honestly, it was scary. Especially that last five minutes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I could hear you from here, and I'm on the other side of the country. Well, I mean, your headphones are on. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Fuck. I don't regret Her- shooting you with the tranquilizer dart. No, no, thanks for bringing me down, dude. But, uh, yeah, I'm back on the sauce. Uh, no more pot for me for uh, the episode. Thank you. I'm drinking a big old glass of tequila, so we are back on track, baby. Your doctor did call me specifically because for whatever reason, I'm your emergency contact. And he said, get, get Micah on alcohol ASAP. Dude, I feel great. And I said, okay. Thank you very much. So Greg and I had a chance to check out a certain movie by a certain Canadian someone this week. Strange Brew starring Rick Moranis. <laughs> Greg and I had a chance to check out Crimes of the Future. What did you think? It took me a couple days to process this movie. The movie mm. was very polarizing. Some may say boring. Some may say controversial. I would call it deliberately paced. But over a period of, I want to say, four days, I come to the conclusion that controversial opinion. <laughs> I loved it. I also loved it. I thought it was, uh, it was great. It was a refreshing portrayal of a dystopian surgery-based future with the flair that only Mr. Cronenberg can provide. Now, for the next few minutes, Greg and I are going to talk about Crimes of the Future. We are going to leave this completely spoiler-free, but we are going to share oh. some details of the plot. Yeah. Now, uh, How did Greg... you feel about the ending, specifically? <laughs> like, the, the exact last two minutes, how it ended... That's what I want to talk about. I'm just well. I mean, I I kind of saw it coming. I mean, Bruce Willis was clearly dead the entire time. I saw Viggo Mortensen coming. We all saw Viggo Mortensen coming, Greg. If you like Lord of the Rings, and we know you do, and you love Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, and you love the prophecy, and you absolutely love Eastern Promises, you will love Viggo Mortensen's performance in Crimes of the Future. It is. A lot of coming, but in a different way. Not through his dick, more his body. What are you, my dad? Uh, Crimes of the Future is basically about evolution. Yes. Uh, and the next step of what, like, the next sentient being is going to be. It's uh, about parallel evolutions, whether it be uh, a career evolution, an economic evolution, or a physical evolution. All of these things are happening concurrently represented by each one of our main characters and vigo i think um is what you're talking about he was the physical next step for the human race 
again, spoiler free, but Viggo Mortensen is actually growing new organs that have never been documented before. But in this future, apparently there isn't television. There is no cell phones or anything like that. There's no penile infections, which I think you'd be really interested in. Thank God. This is a future uh, for the better. No penile infections, no cell phones. Uh, Where Micah doesn't need special creams. A cream made me lose my hair, okay? And these bonus organs are immediately commodified by Vigo's partner, played by the beautiful Leah Sidhu. She's stunning. She uses his odd anatomical anomalies to her advantage to advance her career as an artist, which I thought was kind of an interesting plot. They're, they're basically street performers, but it's called like street surgery mm-hmm. where Vigo Mortensen will grow an organ, whatever technology they have, they'll see it's there and they'll put on a show removing the organ. She does a little bit of an artistic flair by tattooing them inside of him somehow. I think so that when, when they're revealed, it has like a design on it. It's a whole, it's performance art. The whole thing is about the performance of it. Now, of course, of course, this isn't all of it. In true Cronenberg fashion, we have a lot of sexual innuendos. This form of surgery is the new sex. Now, in the in this dystopian future, pain receptors are all but gone. So penetration can just occur anytime anywhere in any hole you can improvise holes they're just fucking poking each other in all ways shapes and forms you have to do something as crazy as removing an organ to climax just to feel something you know without without a little bit of pain during sex like what's the fucking point right Vigo Mortensen, 2022. <laughs> Why doesn't sex hurt anymore? If you could take Kristen Stewart's character and replace her with Tom DeLuise, it would have been a perfect move. I'm upset that we didn't have any Vigo Mortensen cock. You get to see some of his other orifices, if that really, if that's what you're going for. Oh yeah, you do. I uh, but I uh, I mean I uh, to I uh, I mean but I mean but 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 to the average fan or if you don't know Cronenberg or if you don't get this movie, chances are you're gonna look at it as two hours of Viggo Mortensen clearing his throat. Yes, and it is disgusting. Everything about this movie is gross. You're gonna recognize a lot of Cronenberg's kind of go-to visuals. There's a lot of buttholes. Oh yeah. There's a lot of poking, probing, groping, protrusions. There's bones, there's insect exoskeletons. He's doing what he does best. There's a lot of biomechanical. I don't think fans will be disappointed, but the big thing I would get out there in advance is just that it is a very slow-moving plot. So don't expect any kind of intense thriller action. This is more of a cerebral film. Absolutely. It is cerebral, uh, as Greg said. So uh, overall, uh, I know we don't really want to get too far into it because you don't want to spoil it. It is still a new movie. It's still in theaters. I know a lot of you out there uh, have yet to check it out. I would give it my full recommendation. I think you agree. Oh, absolutely. Five out of five. Easily. Um, you might not want to eat during it because uh, there was a point where I actually did vomit onto my stomach and crotch like in the movie theater. It was really awkward. It was- <laughs> so, yeah, everybody, go check out Crimes, Crimes of the, the future. future. It's worth it. It's a good time. It's not. It's a bad time. I just lied to you right now. Forgive me, but give Cronenberg your money. He's doing what he does best, and it is absolutely uh, 
something that you haven't seen before. How about I put it that way? There you go. Exactly. Something you've never seen before. I've never seen anything like this before. I've seen movies close to this, but not on this level. Uh, the acting is phenomenal, except for Kristen Stewart, who it's, it's Kristen Stewart trying to act like Winona Ryder, a very awkward Winona Ryder. You know, Winona Ryder from Heathers. When you put it that way, she didn't do a terrible job. She didn't, actually. Um, not enough to distract from any of the plot or any of the rest of the performances. I thought she was fine. Honestly, yeah. I, I, I've given I've given Kristen Stewart, like, this, uh, obviously, like, Twilight and everything, but... That was a long time ago. It, exactly. Just like Robert Pattinson, we have to forgive and forget. She has matured uh, into an exceptional young actress. Yeah. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out uh, Underwater, totally check that out. She's awesome in that. And uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I heard she's pretty good in that Charlie's Angels movie. Also, and... uh, if you've seen the uh, the Twilight series, she's fucking fantastic in that. <laughs> yeah, but in closing with this, Greg, what do you what do you give this movie? I gave it a five out of five scaries. How about you, bud? Full on five out of five, man. Like I I don't fuck around. I can't wait to watch this movie again. This is a movie that you have to watch more than once. I'm really hoping there's a director's cut. I my one complaint of the movie is the ending. Because it's just literally... Uh, 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 uh. No spoilers. This isn't a spoiler. But you were about to describe the ending of the movie. Yeah, it just fucking ends. That's like the very definition of a spoiler, man. That's not a spoiler! Okay, well, tell me about the ending. Just fucking ends. Oh. You're watching it, then all of a sudden the fucking credits roll. Not exactly what happened. I would like to elaborate on it, but I fear that... uh would be treading on thin ice with that one. I get it. I get it. I get it. I fucking get it. But he just I... had to shit. He just had to take a shit. That's all he had to take a shit. He wanted to shit an orgasm at the same time. We've all been there. A real dump gasm. Five, five out, out of five. five. Total. Yeah, total five out of five. Greg, you know what else I got into this past week? Boys, I happened to watch the first three episode of season three's the boys dude i know this isn't horror but my god it is gory as fuck mm -hmm. can i tell you about the opener my friend please do okay there is a soup that could shrink down like uh like ant-man you know who ant-man is right from the avengers paul okay. rudd uh so he shrinks down into a little tiny tiny little fucking guy and he crawls in his boyfriend's urethra mm -hmm. and he's inside of his dick Yep. And they like they show him crawling inside the pee hole and he's tickling the inside of the walls, tickle, tickle, tickle. And it shows like the guy on the outside going, Oh god, yes. Oh, gets the prostate, gets the prostate, get the prostate. You know, I think then, I may have seen this before. Uh coincidentally, it was also called The Boys, but it was on Pornhub. <laughs> they were also eating soup, like you mentioned. I like a good post-workout soup. How about a, you? A nice chunky soup. <laughs> Oh, it gets chunky in a second. Okay. You see, before he crawled into his dick hole, before he crawled into his dick hole, they were doing lines of blow. This is the cocaine episode, by the way. Mm. Uh, they were doing lines of blow, and uh, he sneezed inside of his penis. Oh. And when he sneezed, he lost his power and grew big real quick, and his boyfriend just explodes. I think they call that sounding. Oh, Requires oh that's what rod. that is? You do need a good rod for that. I mean, I don't really know a lot of terms. I know what the 
truffle butter is and the rest of the trombone like the next guy but uh sounding that <laughs> well quick that's question like, that's a deep cut you ever cram something in your pee hole and then just kind of vibrate it with a quick flick of the finger nope oh okay yeah me neither everyone has to go check out the boys season three on amazon prime just like the uh, two of us go check out some boys it is fucking stellar hey greg hey Hey, I know you're a real big fan of video games, right? Sure. Who's your favorite Johnny Bravo first-person shooter? That's right, Duke Nukem, baby. Hail to the king, baby. Yeah, correct. A Duke Nukem movie is currently in the works from the creators of Cobra Kai. Oh, come on. It's time to kick ass and chew my own ass. And I'm all out of ass. <laughs> Don Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg and Josh Held are going into an 80s-style Duke Nukem movie there's no way this won't be incredible it's a good day to get some it's gonna be fucking great i I, the the rumor right now is they are completely basing duke nukem off the character ash williams that bruce campbell portrays in the evil dead series groovy yeah they're pretty similar they are very similar i love the smell of your ass in the morning of course we know duke nukem premiered in 1991 uh who had i think a few games and then eventually you got duke nukem 3d and i want to say maybe like 12 years ago there was a duke nukem reboot that totally sucked and kind of just fell flat yeah it was kind of dude forever that's right yeah dude that game sucked man no the first two were side scrollers and they were kind of fun duke nukem 3d is what really busted them into the mainstream (laughs) that's where yeah duke nukem 3d is where you could uh you could take a piss in a urinal yeah, and you could throw money at strippers. Ooh. Greatest game, dude. I love Duke Nukem. Yeah. I love the weapons in Duke Nukem. I love the one-liners in Duke Nukem. I love the muscles. I love I that love they're, wh- um, they're going to make a movie based on a game that specifically referenced every like action movie ever. Fuck yeah! Duke Nukem 3D references... Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Yeah. It references They Live. God bless America. Yep. Like, Duke Nukem is is kind of a love letter to action movies and shitty B-horror. It's great. I mean, I'm surprised they waited this long to actually make a movie out of that character. Half man, half pig, old There isn't uh, much other than the fact that it's the creators of Cobra Kai and that this is fucking happening. It is greenlit. Uh, we do not have a Duke Nukem. Now, Greg, who do you think should portray Duke Nukem? If this movie was made in the 90s, I would say Dolph Lundgren. But now in 2022, I'm going to say a bleach blonde John Cena. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren was going to be my first pick. Maybe not now because he's 68 years old. But if not Cena, then you're going to want to go with uh, a little bit of Brock Lesnar, I think. I knew you were going to say that. Just don't give him too many lines. Another one that I think could actually pull off Duke Nukem, who is getting better at acting, Nathan Jones. That's not a bad pick. I could see some Nathan Jones. He can rap. He can rock. He can fight. Yeah. I've seen him take on a board or two. That man's a dynamo. Nathan Jones is a fucking Australian treasure and I love him dearly. And I think we need more Nathan Jones in our lives. And if Nathan Jones is cast as Duke Nukem, I think that'll make him a made man. But I like my first pick, John Cena. Also, if this was only, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, I got to go Kurt Russell, my man. Kurt Russell isn't buff enough. 
I'm thinking soldier era Kurt Russell. He was pretty. He was pretty zipped for just, soldier. Just dye that haircut blonde, and you're already there, man. That's a really good point, actually. He's got the jawline. This guy, he totally got the jawline, man. I'm dude, pretty Kurt sure Russell's he's okay so... with slapping some tits around. Oh, <sighs> dude, he slaps titties all day. Look at Galdi, hon. Hey. I, you, hey. Go ahead. Make my <laughs> squeal like your ass. <laughs> Ooh, shit. But all right. Yeah, that's something that we can all look forward to. I fucking love the shit out of Duke Nukem. Uh, so uh, Netflix uh, totally nabbed Taiwanese horror film Incantation. Now, uh, Greg and I had a chance to check out the trailer for this. This will be streaming July 8th of this year on Netflix. Perfect. Incantation is the highest grossing horror movie in Taiwanese history. Yeah. Maybe it's because of the sadness. The sadness, of course, is streaming exclusively on Shudder, which we covered, uh, I want to say, five episodes ago. Probably our best episode. Easily our best uh, episode. Incantation is, I, I don't even know how to describe this, dude. But it looks awesome and it looks truly terrifying it looks like a a japanese i know this is taiwan but it looks like a japanese horror game i was gonna say it looks like taiwanese found footage and uh yeah it's a shame that that country isn't gonna last much longer under the boot heel of the chinese army i would love to see more film i would love to see more media from them but they're just bound to sink right into the ocean by the end of 2022 uh oh, god i for one bow to our new red overlord one thing is for certain there is no stopping them well hopefully that our new overlords will enjoy this show and will be spared yeah hopefully they'll let them exist for just a little bit longer so they can keep making film because this one uh i mean seems like it's just fucking killing the game absolutely everybody if you haven't yet Check out the trailer for Incantation and let us know what you think. I'm pretty freaking stoked about that. Greg, Craig. 1999, we had a Tim Burton classic, probably the last great Tim Burton film, Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> it turns out that the legend of Sleepy Hollow is getting another fucking reboot. Uh, Lindsay Bears is the piece of shit that did that last Pet Cemetery movie mediocre at best yeah that movie fucking sucked i was pissed off that i spent money to see it i really I thought, hated giving it a five out of five but a kid did get hit by a truck so my hands were tied <laughs> i fucking hate kids this is a remake that nobody asked for but i probably will see we have to see it because we have a very successful lucrative podcast Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, we yeah. um, we got to put in the work. You know how we we do have to do work. So much prep goes into this. A lot of prep for some of our longtime listeners. You remember that one from back in our best episode number fifteen, seventeen, whatever. Ah, oh, who fucking cares? A lot, a lot of prep. prep. Speaking of prep, yeah. the HBO series The Last of Us has finally wrapped and shared a new pick. Finally. Pedro Pascal for Mandalorian fame yeah. and Bella Ramsey, who is, uh, who gives a shit from Game of Thrones. If you say so. Your favorite character, right? I hate that kid so much. I don't plan on knitting by the fire while men fuck for me. I know you do. This is a direct adaptation from the 2013 The Last of Us. They're also uh, remaking the first game for the new era. It's coming out, I think, in September. 
Well, it's been almost 10 years, so sure, why not? Are they remaking it or remastering it? I believe it is a remake, a full visual overhaul. Ah! Yeah, incorporating some mechanics from the second game as well. Is this something that will excite your emotions, Greg? You and I both love What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows is going to be out July 4th with Season 4, finally. Uh, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about Baby Colin. I'm excited about Jackie Daytona. I would love another Jackie Daytona episode, and I need another episode with that witch hat. I would love to see more vampires just living in a house, interacting together. Hey, why not, man? And you know what? We're going to get plenty of it. Because not only on July 4th are we going to get season four of what we do in the shadows, Mm -hmm. but it has been renewed for season five and season six, motherfucker. Season six is the one where they have sex with one another. 69, dudes. They're vampires, right? Sure. I saw an interview with a vampire. I know what they do. Oh, with uh, Christian Slater. Yes. Yeah, and Jim Caviezel. What do you like more? Do you like the show more or do you like the movie more? Because I actually like the show more than the movie. Originally, I thought the movie was the, the standard of quality, but the more the show went on, it, uh, it won me over. I fucking just There's just more of show. it, you know? Like, they were able to elaborate upon the entire premise much more than the movie did. Bat! Oh man, boy howdy. Boy howdy. Did we get a little preview of the monsters? Boy howdy. Did you check that out? No. I didn't miss anything. It's uh Herman Munster plowing through a fucking door, just like in the uh the original, followed by Lily Munster, who's played by Sherry Moon, of Yay. fucking course. And uh, of course, we got Grandpa coming out wearing a Confederate flag shirt, saying "Hey, liquor pussy, liquor pussy!" Ah, played by Sid Haig's reanimated corpse. Fuck your mama. Fuck your mama's uh, mama. Fuck Gene Simmons. You make me sick. Psycho Circus stole my shit. Bitch blood and do you dance? I'ma kick that ass in the leather pants. No singing. Oh fuck. Fuck No clown rapping. No clown rapping? What is this? Fucking the Inquisition? No, this is civilized society. Oh! Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. Don't do that. I didn't, I didn't realize this episode of Damn That Scary was fucking Auschwitz. Just terrible. All right, Greg. A couple more things here. Did you happen to check out the new, not preview, but the actual legitimate trailer for Prey? No. Just kidding, yes! What'd you think? I would describe this trailer as Aubrey Plaza and Daniel Day-Lewis facing off against a predator and a grizzly bear. Uh, I don't know, dude. I think this the, the original little preview got me really stoked for the movie. This full-on trailer kind of... I mean, <sighs> I'm still going to see it because it's Predator. I'm going to see it. It's going to be on Hulu. But this young... I don't know what, like 16 year old protagonist. Yeah. Uh, she might be less believable as an adversary than Adrian Brody, <laughs> than Danny Glover, even. Oh my God. Like, how? Is and she... he's too old for this shit. Exactly. And you know she's going to survive through it. Yeah. That pisses me off. But it's like, I mean, she's, she's fighting a predator, the predator, the one predator, of, one of the species of aliens that hunt humans for fun 
And they hunt like, everything. She's using like a bow and arrow. Yeah, fuck you. Like, and like what? some sticks and some mud. And like, I get it. She's probably really good at it because that's like her life. Yeah, but, you gotta. Yeah, you gotta survive, man. But how many of these movies are they gonna make? It's just kind of little by little, slowly make the predator look like an asshole. Not a bad question, Bert. They have made the predator look like a real piece of shit since Predator Two. The fact that Predator Two lost a hand-to-hand combat from Danny Glover. Yeah, D. Glover that was himself. that was the downfall. And I've told you before, and I know we've covered this on the show. The first Predator is the only Predator that, predator that is man's game. The rest of the Predators are just a bunch of Glenn Closes. And by Glenn Closes, I mean they're a bunch of big, uh, gaping, cavernous. Geez, you got a big pussy. Geez, you got a big pussy. Why'd you say it twice? I didn't. I'm Glenn Close, and the acoustics in here are amazing. The CGI in this has it less to be desired i guess the the part where the bear is like reaching for the girl in between like the sticks and is like it's like the predator straight up gorilla presses this bear i kind of love that you think that her the whole threat to her is like the bear attack scene from the revenant and that's terrifying enough absolutely it goes limp and it gets pulled back by some invisible unseen force and you're just kind of wondering, what's more powerful than this bear? What's fucking up a grizzly bear while this girl basically pees her pants in anticipation? She wasn't wearing pants. And it turns out, it's the predator himself! I just think the CGI could have been better. Instead, this is like... Oh, he's just fucking... going to be invisible the whole time. Hey, in the trailer, did you notice his fucking helmet is a skull? I actually didn't watch the trailer. I've been making this up the whole time. You fucking piece of shit! You got a pretty good imagination though, right? One last thing, Nev Campbell is actually telling fans at horror conventions that she will not, absolutely not partake in Scream 6. She did the Halle Berry thing where she signed on without reading the script. Mm. She read the script and apparently the script is absolute dog shit. The Nev Campbell said that? The Nev Campbell said that. Honestly, I'm surprised. And also, apparently, she got paid a third of what everyone else got paid in Scream 5. Well, yeah, because she's really not good at acting. Kane Hodder isn't good at acting, and he gets paid more to play as Jason Voorhees. I don't think Nev Campbell is really worth anything, is what I'm saying. Like, as a human being or as an actress. Boom, this man! Have you seen Wild Things? I'm just kidding. I like her. I love Nev Campbell. I think Nev Campbell can name her price. And if they don't want her on board, they probably just shouldn't even make the movie. How about that? Matthew Lillard actually came out and said that, uh, did Tom Cruise take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Absolutely not. He got paid in bazillions. Did Mel Uh, Davidson take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Slow down. Don't shoot me, okay? I'm just trying to expound. Did Jodie Foster take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Did Leslie Nielsen take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Did Glenn Close take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Did Donald Pleasance take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Did Dom DeLuise take a pay cut for Did Burt Reynolds take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Did Bart Simpson take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Did Sam Kinison take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Did Sam Neal take a pay cut for 
did Sam Elliott take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Did Sam Jackson take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Did Sam Worthington take a pay cut from doing Maverick? Did Samuel Clemens take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Did Sam Rockwell take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Did Rock Hudson take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Did Sammy Davis Jr. take a pay cut for doing Maverick? Maverick. No, he probably just sang a bunch of songs. Did you know he had a glass eye? Did you know he was black? What? Okay, Greg, now that we got that out of the way, I think it's time to apologize. This again. Uh, Matt, please. Excellent. Thank you, Matt. I would very much like to go first. Okay. Uh, John Ritter, I'm sorry I spoke ill of you last week. There is not a bad thing anyone can say about you. You were phenomenal in that sitcom. You were phenomenal in those movies. And you were absolutely incredible in that other sitcom. I agree. John Ritter, we love you and we miss you. If you were still around to this day, I just, I I think that you would be on top of the world right now instead of being six feet under. I'm sorry for everything that we said bad about you last week. Greg, would you say that was our best episode? Easily our best episode. John Ritter, I sincerely apologize. We love you. We miss you. Godspeed, Spider-Man. Come on. Oh. Come on. Come on. Ah! Ah! <laughs> so my apology is to the illustrious and delicious General Sal. Last week, we portrayed you as the leader of a rogue army of evil Chinese Nazis. <laughs> when in reality, you're just a man who wants us all to enjoy some sweet and spicy chicken. I will personally make it my mission to see to it that your legend lives on and that your reputation for succulent Hunanese poultry remains untainted. Micah, my friend, Yes. I strongly suggest that we take a moment right now in the middle of this, our finest episode, to take yes. a trip to the Great Wall to enjoy the culinary gifts General Sao has given to our local shitty Chinese food culture. Thank you. <laughs> Bless. Let's go do that now. Let's, uh, let's take a little... Uh... I'll be right back. Well, I'm glad that apology's over because I'm so was, uh, glad it's over and behind us. I feel better, Greg. I know you feel better getting I out of was that. Hungry and looking for a fortune. Just thought about the last dragon. <laughs> the, the master is a fortune cookie maker. I just thought about double dragon. <laughs> All right, so Mummy is dead and buried. It's done. It's over. We are moving on to what, Greg? This is different. This is new. This is better. This is improved. Yes. This month is full moon. That's that's me doing a that's me doing a, a werewolf a wolf or whatever I don't know coyote. 
Well, this is me saying June. Full moon okay. June. That's what I'm getting. June! Yeah, there you go. You know we're going to stretch this bitch out all summer, right? Oh, yeah. This is going through July, maybe a week or two into August. Full moon June is the fucking talk of the town now. But now you may be asking yourself, are these two crazy motherfuckers going to review nothing but full moon pictures? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to review nothing but werewolf movies? Who knows? Who knows? But to start it off, we are going back to 1987 oh. with the third installment of what, Greg? The, the Howling! The Howling oh, Part nice. 3, The Marsupials. There's like seven uh, of these. There's like 22 of these. There's like 35 of these. There's like 48 of these. There's like 56 of these. There's like 62 of these. There's like 69 of these. There's like 73 of these. Like 81 at least. Dude, there's at least 97. 101 howling movies. Whoa. You just went into full Amityville territory, brother. Yeah, right? Howling in space, coming soon to a theater near you. Okay, my friends. So we are going to talk about the Howling 3 marsupials. The Howling 3 is the most standalone Howling movie out of the series. It shouldn't have been a Howling movie. This movie should have just been called Marsupials. Or as I like to call it, sweaty kangaroo teenagers in love. As a matter of fact, this movie probably shouldn't have been made. Yeah. Uh, this movie uh, is is known as an Ozploitation film, much like uh, Razorback from 1984, which we covered uh, in one of our earlier episodes. Directed by Felipe Mora, the renowned Australian film director, known for other such hits as The Howling 3. <laughs> the Howling 2. Um, Mad Max. Uh, Razorback. Definitely Razorback. Mm, I think he was in uh, Men at Work. I think he played the flute. He certainly comes from a land down under. But he is also well known for The Beast Within, but more importantly, 1989, Christopher Walken's Zappity-Doo, Whoopity-Doo-Dah, Alien, Go Butt Fuck Yourself movie, Communion. Well, that's just a banana sandwich. (laughs) Okay, yeah, so Philip Mora, of course, directed... The Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. But apparently he was really pissed off at the studio for adding extra scenes. And by extra scenes, I mean breasts, boobs, a lot of boobs, and even some butts. Basically, the studio made The Howling 2 a better movie. I mean, Christopher Lee couldn't even save The Howling 2. But, you know, it did save The Howling 2 for me is the onslaught of boobs and butts that the studio peppered in, contrary to Philippe Mora's uh, request. Philippe Mora was so pissed off about it that he set out to make his standalone Howling movie, The Howling 3 Marsupials, getting a lot of crowdfunding and, of course, his own money to make his own vision of a werewolf horror movie, making the werewolves sympathetic 
and that the humans are the bad guys and the end result is yeah it turns out you don't get a whole lot of funding or budget when you don't want to put tits in your movie Dude, the only good Howling movie is the first one. Uh-huh. Every sequel, I have seen every fucking sequel of the Howling. I don't doubt uh, that. I mean, a lot of them are fun, especially part four, especially mm-hmm. part five. I do like the gore, whatever, but my God, the Howling series has just been bad. I, this may be this may be worse than the Hellraiser series, definitely worse than the Halloween series. I don't know, Greg, how do you feel about the Howling movies as a whole? I feel like we should talk about the characters. Well, this certainly is my favorite part of the show. First up, we've got a little man I like to call Professor Mustache. Oh, you mean Professor Kid Toucher? Oh, yeah. He is a lycanthropy expert, an intrepid researcher, a close talker, a hypnotist, and a rebel at heart. Yeah, sure. Why not? Definitely a kid toucher, as you said. He's uh, he's a total kid toucher, and he uh, he has an unfortunate choice of personal style. Let's put it that way. Yeah, he wears his belt over the belt loops. I noticed that, and it was really annoying. There's not, a lot of things about this movie that pissed me off. That is not, the number one thing. That is not how belts work, Professor Mustache. They need to go through the loops to hold your pants up. Also... Why do you take so many trips to Taiwan? Well, for those 11 year old lady boys, of course. Uh, the conversion rate is fantastic. It is, really. So, next up, we have Mr. Sharp, who is Professor Mustache's partner and loyal manservant. Oh, fuck this guy. Yeah, he really doesn't do a whole lot, but he's there. He sure is. I feel like he's there to uh, do the talking at International Customs when they're trying to get Professor Mustache back to the United States from Thailand. oh Next, we have Jerboa. Oh, I hate that name so much. Right. Like, I don't know. Is that, um, is that common in Australia? Or is that like a... Uh, is that something anyone's ever heard before? I feel like they just throw it out there like it's normal, but who, what the fuck is Jerboa? Who fucking knows? Well, anyway, she is a young werewolf runaway. She is a pouch rocker a shitty actor a marsupial monster a possible epileptic a child bearer and a sweaty fucking mess she is so fucking sweaty and hairy i mean i like a good bush but this was out of hand oh for yeah she's also known for uh queen of the damned of course she was a vampire in the club scene. Love it. A club vampire, if you will. Ah, I prefer a club soda. I prefer a club sandwich. I prefer a club seal. I prefer a clubbed foot. I prefer a fruit by the foot. I prefer a foot roll-up. Wait. I prefer a foot soldier. I prefer a dog soldier. I prefer a corn dog. I prefer a corn pop. I prefer cream corn. I prefer creamed jeans. I prefer Gene Simmons. I prefer a kiss from a rose. I prefer Rose McGowan. I prefer Axel Rose. I prefer Axel from Friday the 13th, part four. I prefer Daryl from Friday the 13th, part five. 
I prefer Jerry from part six. I prefer Wayne from Friday the 13th part seven. I prefer Brady from Friday the 13th part eight. Thank yourself, fool. I didn't know you like to get wet. Oh, this Wayne Brady, son. So next up, we have Baldy. Oh, Thilo. Which some of our more astute listeners may remember from episodes 16, 17, 18, 20 through 30, and I think like 35, 40. Most of our episodes, there's always a Baldy. There's baldies in a lot of movies that we've reviewed. There's a lot of baldies, and there's a lot of lumpies, there's a lot of blondies, and more importantly, there's a lot of Clarissas. Absolutely. Pay attention! If you have a damn that scary tattoo, you better know this shit. So this is our most recent baldy, and he is Jerboa's bad-touch stepfather. Or good touch. He is the leader of Flowtown. He's a tough guy, a ripper. <laughs> A Mad Max villain. Oh, this guy is a regular old King Kong Bundy. Yeah, he's fucked up. Yeah, he's the only actor other than Mel Gibson to appear in more than one Mad Max film. Yeah. He's probably wearing some kind of helmet or face pants or something. Uh, like a helmet, maybe some type of leather underwear. I don't know. Feathers. Feathers. Loincloth. Maybe some shin pads. Yeah, good old loincock. Sports equipment sports riding a motorbike riding my car <laughs> so i think his name was mike hawk in the latest mad max picture yo you know mike hawk i'm best friends with mike hawk oh me too me and mike cock spent so many rainy days together just passing the time away you know now that i live in the desert we don't have a lot of rainy days here so my masturbation has been slim to none i doubt that you're right. I assume it's just been sandy and dry. And then we have young Donnie Martin. Yeah, real Don Wahlberg. He is yeah, a horny sure. teenager, a firsty firsty, a zoophile, a hyper hydrator, a proud father, and a big old pervert. And also, really fucking sweaty. All of the main characters are just incredibly wet throughout this whole film. Why are they so wet? I don't know if that's just like an Australian thing or what, but yeah, this is a this is a moist cast. He was also in uh 1998's underrated classic Dark City. He played the city, didn't he? <laughs> and then there's Jack, who is the fan. Yeah. Okay. Go, Micah. Go, Micah. Jack me off. Jack me off. Jack me off. Jack me off. And then of course we have Jack, who is the fat fuck movie director. Me He's on. a collar popper, an ultra white dancer, a postmodern art lover, and a real Weinstein type. Yeah, this is Frank Thring, who uh, wasn't this gross and disgusting in his early days. Have you seen the movie Ben Hur? I have. He is actually Pontius Pilate. Oh, big surprise there. He's in uh, the, a bunch of those Hercules movies. He's in the 1989 Mission Impossible. Mm. He is actually also in Mad Max. This guy had a pretty illustrious career, but uh, a real turning point for him <laughs> was the Howling Three marsupials. Just everything was downhill from there, I assume. Yeah, I mean, he was also in King of Kings. That if was a movie like, about Jesus. Yeah, if you're like me, you grew up in a religious family at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, and every Easter, you sat and watched 
the King of Kings. We watched a so, lot yeah. of Veggie Tales. I was only allowed to watch the cucumber episode of Veggie Tales as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Something happened to me. I was only allowed to watch the eggplant episode of Veggie Tales. I was only allowed to watch the hot dog episode of Veggie Tales. It didn't even make sense. I was only allowed to watch the taco episode of Veggie Tales. I was only allowed to watch the HIV episode of Veggie Tales. I was only allowed to watch the episode of Veggie Tales where the Red Ranger raped the Pink Ranger. I think it was Power Rangers. You're talking about the rape episode of Power Rangers. Oh, Jason, why? Oh, he just got so drunk at the party that he morphed into that fucking red dragon and just he morphed into Jason with an erection. He kept calling it the Megazord. He kept screaming, Rita. And that's why I'm in the wheelchair. And how could I not mention Kamchatka? She is a ballet dancer, a Soviet defector, a test subject, and a goddamn werewolf. Fuck her. She is the least important part of the fucking plot. Yeah, she was weird gross she was literally thrown in the movie at like the end of the second act Mm -hmm. but she was not as weird and gross as our next character who i lovingly deemed kuato what he is a creepy gross marsupial slash human hybrid child who lives in a pouch and probably eats worms oh you know what man this fucking baby is at least a better looking baby than the baby from Twilight. He's a hair covered fetus. It's so gross. And 100% like, a chud. You know, like the, uh, the videos where like somebody has a snake no. or even like a certain type of lizard I don't. and they drop the, they drop the little pinkies, the, the baby rats in. Yes, sorry. you have. Yeah, you do this. You have a snake. That's my penis, sir. All right, so that's all our characters. How about we talk about a little bit of plot? Hey, let's get to it. You know what? The movie starts. I turn it on. Guess what we see right away? None other than the Zoidberg of Horror Vestron video. Sure. When you see Vestron, you know you're in for a good time. Am I right, Greg? I am very familiar with Vestron, and I agree with you completely. Uh, but then after we have the best run opener, we have the opening credits, which is very weird because it's it's white text with a black background with very ominous music, How which leads me it leads me to believe that we're going to watch a very serious, serious mm-hmm. horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> and my friend, that is not the case at all. No, but we open on a scene in Cape York, Australia, 1905. Yeah, a bunch of awkward natives just standing there awkwardly staring at a camera poking at a dead bear. They're very proud of the fact that they have impaled a werewolf to a tree, I guess. And uh, while it bleeds to death behind them, they just kind of smile and fidget. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's weird and I don't like it. Yeah. But we don't have to focus on this for too long because we get quickly teleported to somewhere in Siberia where a man frantically flees from a werewolf probably i think and uh we get a close-up first person view of this individual getting bored oh greg do you think that this uh serbia scene is gonna come to fruition in the plot at some point i certainly hope so 
Uh, well, guess what? It doesn't. All right, well, it doesn't matter because our next scene is straight back to the National Intelligence Agency, USA. And I have to make it clear, this is not the same as the Central Intelligence Agency. This is an independent department, not to be confused. This is top secret military werewolf op Mm. with Danny Glover and Mahoney. They're both too old for this shit. And these two men argue over a werewolf sighting in the Soviet Union. But they eventually decide that it's time to consult the expert on lycanthropy. And who do you think that is? I think that's Professor Kid Toucher. Mr. Mustache himself. We cut to Professor Mustache showing his class a film of the native tribe fucking up a werewolf, which we saw earlier. And he is quickly called to Washington to do his duty for the United States of America. First off, you said duty. Second off, this is the scene where he has the belt over top of the belt loops. So he tells Ronald Reagan that werewolves are real. Yeah, that's really weird. Like, it wasn't even at the White House. It was at, like, a really nice mansion where you would do a bunch of cocaine at. It's in, like, a health spa. I'm like, is this the actual president? He's walking around with a fucking robe. Just show you how youthful I am. I intend to kick your ass. And they even point to a camera saying, no, it's fine. The camera's here for educational purposes. But he also mentions that a marsupial variant exists in Australia, no less. And he's going to go there to find a little bit of evidence. Yeah. He'll report back to the president post-haste. But first, he's got a mission to do. And what's that? To go to Australia to find evidence. Oh. Yeah, that thing I just said. So, hey, let's go to Australia where we find uh, Jerboba. Yeah, a young woman named Jerboe. David Jerboe. Jamirabois? Because the future is virtual insanity. Yeah, so she's taken by her sisters, aunts, I don't even know what. And she is dragged over to her evil, cruel stepfather who's played by King Kong Bundy. Yeah, Baldy. Yeah, real Baldy type. She claims that he is a werewolf and runs away from home via bus. Yeah, but before she got to the bus, she totally kicks him in the dick. Mm -hmm. And I love the scene on the bus that there is an actual priest next to her saying, my child, you mustn't leave home. Why would you leave home? And she straight up says, because my stepfather tried to rape me and he's a werewolf. Good enough reason for me. At this point, pretty good writing. Anyway, she gets harassed by some vagrants whom she scares off with her own very intimidating werewolf fangs. And at this point, I'm thinking, what a twist. She's just revealed to be a werewolf. I guess the story is just going to progress from here, right? Like, uh, I thought werewolves were going to be like a hidden reveal for some climax of the film. But nope, she's just out nope. there. She's got fangs. She's a uh, Australian marsupial hybrid. And uh, we're just going to learn what that means. Compact disc. So she is chased through town by a young filmmaker who offers her a job. Yeah, this is kind of weird. The guy parks his car, sees her sleeping on a bench, and decides to chase her. Yeah. Literally all through Australia. This was like a Benny Hill scene. This is Donnie Martin, who says that she is perfect for a part. 
in his movie, and he has just the part for her. Oh! Yeah, his dick. Mm. So naturally, Gerbois joins Donnie Martin on the movie set, where she giggles as she is told that her first scene will be a gang rape by the fat director, Jack, who does not seem to have a whole lot of sympathy for young up-and-coming actresses. No, I think he actually really liked Jerboba. He uh, he was like, do you want to be an actress? And she says, no. Good. I like a woman with brains. You know, this movie is about pop culture. Andy Warhol in the 60s told us about pop culture. And he just tries to get really artsy-fartsy. Mm-hmm. And at this point of the movie, I'm actually kind of enjoying it. I, you know, I'm high. I'm on the ride here. It's going to be like a movie within the movie type thing. Mm-hmm. I'm on board for this, right? Cool. Do you think the movie's going to last like this? I don't. No, it turns into something else. My expectations are very realistic at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So Donnie uh, takes her to see a movie called It Came From Uranus. And all of a sudden, I'm back on board and loving this film again. So it's a werewolf movie within the werewolf movie. Ah. And this scene alone is better than anything in the fucking movie. Ah. There's a total transition scene on screen, and you're reminded by Jerboba that she is a werewolf, exclaiming that it doesn't work this way. Yeah, she's got a little bit of insight because she has lived this transition, and she knows exactly how it works. Without further ado, Jerboba and Donnie have some of the filthiest, sweatiest sex you could possibly have. And she explains that werewolves are not affected by full moons. They are so sweaty. Greg, they are so wet. Yeah, through this This whole movie, they're just dripping. No, oh my God, dude, but this scene, they are both so incredibly fucking wet. Like, this Mm -hmm. fucking guy can't afford air conditioning. Just like Andrew W.K., they get wet without even trying. When it's time to party, we can only party hard. So while she sweatily sleeps, Donnie sweatily reveals her puke-covered kangaroo pouch. Didn't he just fuck her? So I guess he missed that. But he's not nearly upset enough by this, I have to say. Like, he just kinda, he's looking at this crazy fucking fuzzy, uh, you know, pouch on her belly. And he's just kind of like, oh, okay, sure. I guess that's there. Yeah, it's kind of weird because it's like, I understand that this is an Ozploitation film, but like, did the fucking werewolf need a pouch? I mean, I understand that everybody from Australia is sexually attracted to kangaroos, but this is just ridiculous. It's in their nature. To hump animals. Especially kangaroos because you got to fight for it. To box a kangaroo into submission and then fuck it. Some may say it's rape, but in Australia, it's a reward. Fosters, Australian for rape. You call that a knife? No, that's a knife. I'm a rape, yeah. Call that a rape. <laughs> it's a rape. You call that a boar? That's a rape. Meanwhile, Professor Mustache gets invited to a ballet rehearsal for some fucking reason, where coincidentally, a Soviet dancer has recently defected to Australia. And this is Kamchatka. <laughs> Meatloaf the werewolf sloppily strangles Jerboa on the set of their movie. She sucks at acting, but Jack doesn't give a shit because it is party time. Yeah, it's time to party. Wear your finest dress, but apparently your finest dress is actually a costume Mm. because turns out this is a costume party. They do attend a costume party. 
where perspiration gets the best of them once again. It's really humid there. So, of course, they bone. But Jerby starts to turn. So she takes off running down the street, leaving the party and everyone behind. Donnie chases her down the street. They both look like they recently jumped into a pool. And she wakes up in the hospital. This is the third point of the movie where Donnie exclaims to Jaboa that he loves her. He says it a lot. Mind you, he's known her for a fucking day. It's that pouch, man. He's smitten. That furry, furry, furry In Australia, they call that the smitten mitten. You pull your hand back, sticky. Several marsupial werewolf nuns crash the party looking for gerbs. Jack thinks that they're just in costume and he lets them in. But they are enormous buzzkills. They ruin the entire party. All of the guests run out screaming. They just kind of look confused, realizing that Jerboa has recently left. So at this point in the movie, you're thinking that uh, we're going to have a movie within the movie. Mm -hmm. It turns out that's it. This whole uh, movie shit is done. It's over. It's in the past. Say goodbye to Jack. He's not coming back. The the whole making a werewolf movie within a werewolf movie plot. Gone. Done. Go fuck yourself. Dead forever. It's time for a whole new fucking movie. Okay. So Professor Mustachio goes to the hospital to inspect Jerboa's unusual pubic pocket. And they discover that she is most likely preggers. Super pregnant, mind you, because she has a super metabolism. How could that have happened? Maybe she's a werewolf. Like a marsupial werewolf, though. Oh. Yeah, so she has a weird nightmare about having a fucked up E.T. werewolf baby. And the evil nuns wait to intercept her outside the hospital. Yeah, it was a real Cronenberg dream. Kind of fucked up, right? So these evil nuns, they bust inside. They murder everyone in their path. Doctors, nurses, hospital staff, they're all dead at the hands of these nuns. And they abduct the wolf girl, Jerboa, and throw her on a bus headed home to Low. Yeah, which apparently is wolf backwards. Did you did you notice that? Did you pick that up? Oh, oh, oh. I had to watch this movie twice to actually like see the uh you know oh god it's like when Batman fought Dracula and Dracula's name was Alucard. That never happened. Alucard is Dracula backwards, you piece of shit. Wait. A L C I don't get it. So this is where Donnie is sweatily interrogated by both Mustache and Sharp, who inform him that he is the father of an alien marsupial Daniel Day-Lewis baby. I hate they keep saying alien. Like, fuck off with that. This is the 80s. This is the 80s. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Yeah, rather than looking for something like supernatural or like animal hybrid they're they're thinking this thing came from space for some reason i don't know yeah sure it's a draconian that sounds about right yeah so kamchatka the ballet dancer prepares for her performance in her dressing room professor mustache is in the audience studying her movements she flips out and inconveniently turns into a werewolf and this is going to happen a lot throughout the course of this film so, both him and Mr. Sharp strap her to a hospital bed. She escapes, turns into a wolf, loses her fucking mind, and tosses one of the hospital doctors out the 50th story window 
And there's actually a song that starts playing called Don't Fall Down. This is kind of incredible just watching this limp body just drop. Yeah, this is actually really fucking cool. Might be my favorite shot in the whole movie is just watching this doctor fall and fall and fall. We don't actually see the impact, but you can imagine like what that would look like. Oh, real splat. He splats on the ground and then like six of these werewolf nuns show up just to like lick up his bloody corpse. That's what they're all about. That's it, really. Honestly, go fuck yourself. You're dead forever. Yeah, they're all weird cannibals, probably. Yeah, I mean, they're not really cannibals if they're werewolves, are they? They eat something, right? It's got to be fucking meat. So Professor Mustache travels to the town of Flo. Whoa. Finally, we're in the town of Flo. Well, again. And he is greeted by hostile inhabitants. Probably because he's carrying a fucking loaded rifle. Oh, yeah, he's accosted by black homeless Santa and mm. a crazed eyebrow man. Jerboa waits for Baldy to fall asleep and then sneaks off to a barn where she sweatily gives birth and provocatively fingers her gross abdominal pouch. You say give birth. I say she comes that baby out. Dude, she is clearly having six, eight, 13, maybe 27 orgasms during her childbirth. She's a real Vigo Mortensen about this whole thing. The only way I could come is if I fight two big Russians naked. What are you, my dad? Kamchatka arrives and is lustily <laughs> greeted by Baldy, who clearly runs this town with an iron dick. Yeah, real dictatorship. Donnie finally meets his fucked up animal son and decides that he wants to run away with Jerby to start a new life in the forest or some shit. Yeah, but he goes full on like crocodile hunter at this point. Yeah. He's got the shirt unbuttoned open, exposing his Nips. not so abs abs. He's got the sleeves cut off, exposing his not so muscly arms arms. Mm-hmm. And he's got the fucking uh, weird big Undertaker hat fedora looking thing. He's dodging stingrays left and right. <gasps> oh, stick me thumb in his bum. Really piss him off. And this is about the time that the government attacks the residents of Flo. Way to go, government. Let's go ahead and shoot King Kong Bundy. They capture Baldy. Mustache confronts Kamchatka. Who says that he's the real monster after all. Yeah, then we have ourselves a real lichen interrogation here. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That sucked. They strap Kamchatka down for hypnosis and testing. They interrogate her about her wolfish ways, and I have to say Mustache, Professor Mustache, is clearly falling in love here. Oh, he is so aroused, and he is like, excuse me, Kanchaka, I mustache you a question. You mind if I take a look at that pouch? Suck my dick, suck my dick, suck my dick. Hey, how much asparagus can you fit in there? You know, inflation these days, asparagus prices are getting out of control. How many eggplants can you fit in that pouch? Yeah, how many squash can you put in that pouch? Hey, more importantly, how many glizzies can you put in that pouch? How many glizzies you get in that thing, huh? Come on. Yeah, come on. Let's see. How many miles a gallon we get in that pouch? How many 22-ounce cans of Foster's beer can you put in that pouch? Oh, God. Put so many Foster's beers in that pouch. (laughs) How many English criminals can you fit in that pouch? (laughs) 
five. Five. It's been tested. We know. We we have yes. the numbers. We have the numbers. So then after uh, Kamchata is interrogated, we get to King Kong Bundy Baldi's interrogation. Mm-hmm. And he is clearly manic. He is pissed. He admits that the strobing lights are what causes him to change. So, of course, they try it. He changes, turns into a wolf, and immediately attacks Professor Mustache. Oh, tries to bore him. So he takes care of that the exact same way that I take care of Micah when he's all hopped up on amyl nitrate, and they hit him with a tranquilizer. Yeah, it's tranquilizer full of special K. So Professor Mustache, in the ordeal, gets bit in the neck, but he's confident that he won't turn into a wolf because no fluids have been exchanged. I don't totally understand uh, how his logic works on this one. He goes with it. The script goes with it. Greg, the movie is called The Howling Three Marsupials. Who fucking cares? I would just assume that means he's going to turn into a marsupial, but that's just me. Hey. But anyway, he's distracted by Baldy's fur patterns on his butt, back, and balls. Yeah, one of the things I didn't have to see is Baldy naked. But, 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 but. but over top of his naked body is a fur burger in the design of the Tasmanian wolf. The big one. Which apparently is bad news bears for everyone in Australia. Sure. It turns out these wolves are all but extinct. Way They're back in the but. day, they were considered a nuisance. And they just shot the fuck out of them. Why would you want them around? They're eating all your babies. Fucking your wives. Competing with the dingoes. Yeah, and you're just trying to have sex with a kangaroo, and all of a sudden they come and cock block you. Stealing your glizzies. Ooh, don't you fucking steal my glizzy. Jugging your fosters. You stay away from your fosters. Pissing up your billabong. Boring your kids. Ooh, yeah, you can't, you can't bore the kids. No. Quick question, though. Yeah. If you had 60 seconds, how many Australian kids do you think you could bore with just your fists and both your feet tied together? Uh, how many cars did Nicolas Cage still and gone in 60 seconds? I mean, like one or two, probably. Take that and triple it. Okay, so three to six? Yep. Perfect. I like your math on that. Thanks, babe. Thanks, baby. So they show Baldy a picture of a primordial marsupial beast. He says that it is not just their father, but their master, their ancestor, and their god. And then he passes out from overstimulation. He totally does. The government says all were marsupials must be destroyed. Mustache disagrees, but Mr. Sharp says that he's too scared to continue the research, and they part ways. Forever? Question mark? Maybe? Probably. Who fucking knows? I don't really care. So Mustache has a complete change of heart. He releases his test subjects and helps them escape the facility in his own Jeep. I like that he lets them escape, but there's like a bunch of animals caged up next to the werewolves. It doesn't do fuck all for them. We got like monkeys, a couple dogs, uh, fucking barracuda. He does not give a shit about them. The lichens are the ones that are actually killing people. But you know what? Sure. Why not? As Professor Mustache is escaping with his fugitive test subjects, the main army generals threaten to buttfuck him raw on no uncertain terms. I'm yep. sure those are their exact words. Exact words. So, of course, some Aussie sheriffs chase their vehicle down into a quarry 
where a pack of hunters are also trying to murder both Jerboa and her new husband and child, and they're especially aggressive towards her fucking gross Sumatran rat baby. Yeah, where the fuck did these hunters come from? I uh, just showed up with fucking bloodlust in their eyes, just ready to shoot some marsupials. <laughs> It's so weird. You had like these like militia people just show up out of nowhere. They had nothing to do with the plot. They weren't shown before. We had nothing leading up to this point. Like what the fuck? This movie is a fucking mess. Yeah, this it, is it only four- gets messier from here. This whole ending is a fucking catastrophe. I, I, I don't even want I don't want to talk about it. Well, let's get through it pretty quick here. So, okay. Baldy arrives back in Floatown dressed as Where's Waldo for some reason. I assume it's most likely to hide in plain sight from the government. A native shaman goes Super Saiyan, channeling the great marsupial wolf spirit, and fucks up all the hunters like a big furry predator. Yeah, but then after all that, he just kind of dies. This is kind of my favorite part of the movie, actually, where it's just a man in a wolf suit kind of sloppily biting all these guys in the neck and throwing them around the forest. Yeah, but the, I'm like, let's get let's get past this part. Yeah, it's, he turns back into a human. I thought it was cool. <sighs> it was okay. He does turn back into a human, and Mustache, Kamchatka, and Baldy find him laying on a rock, looking like a passed out Santa Claus. He says the words "Good night." I'm going to die now. Bye. And they're just yeah, like, no, okay. yeah, yeah, no, no. He just straight up, he straight up says, "I'm just going to die," and then he dies. Time to die, man. Tears in the rain. And like sand through an hourglass. Like piss through a porthole. Like tacos through a burrito. Like come through a coffee filter. What are we actually talking about here? Like Keanu Reeves through a Stargate. Like your moist lips on my pee. So they burn him in a ceremonial funeral pyre. And the army watches from a distance as Donnie and Mr. Clean fight over Jerby Jerb. Yeah, just like Darth Vader. Santa's charred wolf corpse springs to life, attacking two soldiers who promptly turn it into powder with their submachine guns. And that's kind of a cool example of, you know, practical effects. It doesn't really last very long, but we get a, you know, a nice stop motion skeletal wolf for like two seconds. Yeah, no, that's actually kind of neat. I like that part. It's a real Army of Darkness scene. Real Jason and the Argonauts kind of vibe. I was just going to say that. So Daddy Warbucks has now lost his fucking mind. He calls on Wolf Jesus to give him magic powers, and he bores the soldiers. But eventually, uh, he just eats a rocket right to the face. He totally gets bored. And I have to note that this is actually the same prop head bore prop boar head from Razorback. Yeah. Which we reviewed in episode 47. Let's say 22 easily our best episode. Go back and listen to it. It was a fucking good one. Oh, it was a real banger back when we were doing a bunch of exploitation pig month. Mayhem. It was a big one for us. I got a big one for you. It was all about pigs. Piggy. So he, he takes a rocket straight to the fucking dome. He's dead forever. Oh, Go finally. fuck yourself. Yeah. Fucking piece of shit. So this is where Kamchatka and Mustache finally have consensual intercourse. Yay. Let's give him a round of applause, everyone. Good talk. Oh, finally. 
Jerby Jerb and Donnie decide that they now want to return to the city and don't want to live in the fucking forest anymore. I can't really blame them. So yep. they leave. Do they? And as we mentioned earlier, this ending sequence is a big goddamn fucking bullshit Australian mess. So oh I'm going to fly right through it here. I'm just going to make it real easy for you. Let me abbreviate. Okay. Mustache spends the next 15 years pumping Kanchatka full of babies, raising them in the woods, living off the land, until one day Mr. Sharp shows up to tell them the Pope is cool with lycanthropes now, so they're good to return to society. They never see Jerby and Donnie ever again because they're in Hollywood making sex movies. Their creepy, gross fucking son shows up in Mustache's class one day to tell him you need to go watch TV where he sees his old friends winning awards for their pornography. But the camera flashes, triggering Jerby's lycanthropy. She loses her shit, turns marsupial, and fucks up the award ceremony by dipping her pouch in the punch bowl. And it's the end! Oh, Finally! Fucking end! This should have half an hour sooner. My God! Oh my God, what the fuck were they thinking? Turning the movie from a, a movie within a movie, but then after about 15 minutes of that plot, it turns into a different movie. And then after a bunch of Black Swan bullshit, it turns into another fucking movie. And then after all that, it turns into fucking Pocahontas, which even turns into Avatar. This movie fucking sucks. This is bad. If you're going to watch this movie, be really, really, really high. I'm talking like a hundred milligram edible followed by a horse's joint. Something real thick and juicy that you can fucking smoke on and watch this shit. I give the howling three marsupials two out of five scaries. You do get some tittery in it, even though it is PG-13, but those tits are, in fact, covered in fur. Yeah, if that's what you're into, sure. Uh, Greg, how'd you feel about this? I didn't like it. At all? No, this is a bad movie, man. This This is a real bad movie. Bad movie. And there's not really a whole lot I can say that you didn't already say. Yeah. Um, it started off promising. You know, you had a nice story about werewolves. You kind of wonder where it's going to go. Oh, yeah, totally. They, they take a different approach by, you know, introducing the fact that the what you would think is the adversary is actually your protagonist early on. So you're kind of like, all right, different angle on this whole genre. But yeah, like you said, it goes through too many phases. By the end, it's, it's like Little House on the fucking Prairie with just like a, a werewolf wife. And husband like raising children and like yeah reading them out of books and like teaching them things for some reason on a farm yeah this is this was straight up fucking dog shit yeah five out of five you know oh clearly i mean why not right yeah it was almost a perfect movie almost but with that said yeah what do you want to do next week, my friend? I don't know, Greg. What do you want to do next week? Do you want to do another werewolf movie or do you want to do a Charles Band movie? Well, I'd love to just eat a big old banana sandwich. You know what, Greg? I don't know, dude. We could do we could do one or the other. I mean, I have a couple movies in mind regardless of what we pick. I've received some suggestions over the last week. 
Oh, but, would you like to enlighten us? No, because I have a, a very strict uh, stance that I never do anything that the fans want. Same. That's how we keep fans. By not giving them what they want. We have a very specific vibe here. and It is satisfying no one. Except for ourselves. Yeah. So um, please don't make suggestions. But if you have to, send them to damnthatscary42069 at gmail.com. We will send you a free Slashers t-shirt <laughs> with all werewolf suggestions. Um, unless you're into that whole full moon features thing. Fucking Puppet Master. Evil Bong. Evil Bong versus Killjoy. Head of the family. Killjoy versus head of the family. Killjoy goes to hell. Killjoy goes to Washington. Killjoy goes to the mall. Killjoy goes to the army. Killjoy files for divorce. Killjoy goes back to school. Killjoy goes Daniel Day-Lewis. Killjoy goes to camp. Killjoy goes to Hollywood. Killjoy saves Christmas. Killjoy takes Manhattan. Killjoy versus the Phantom of the Park. Killjoy in space. Killjoy under the sea. Killjoy revelations. Killjoy does Dallas. Killjoy bloodlines. Killjoy next of kin. Killjoy says relax. Killjoy 2, kill harder. Killjoy 3 with a vengeance. Killjoy 4, live free or killjoy. Killjoy 6, dark side of the moon. Killjoy 7, appetite for destruction. Killjoy the wall. Killjoy, master of puppets. Killjoy the black album. Killjoy, symphony of destruction. Killjoy, euthanasia. Killjoy, fear of the dark. Killjoy, power slave. next week same bad time same bad channel for micah and greg bringing you another episode of damn that scary but in the meantime greg huh. oh shit um yeah you guys should probably love each other not care for one another and most importantly keep it spoken and we have a red bubble check it out get some merch That's scary. Yeah, I'm gonna need some more antibiotics if you catch my drug, brother. I'm gonna piglet up my ass. Okay. Ah! Uh, I'm I'm really drunk right now. Yep. My pen. My pen. My pen. My pen. My pen. Oh, and I dink, oh, dink, oh, dink my salsa. That's a really nice pen song you just sang. <laughs>